0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast.
1: We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa.
0: And me, Amy, we're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So, Amy, here we are in October. I know. What's going on? What's it's new in life? I just, it's, it's so busy, you know? It's weird. But I know. I just feel busier. I don't know. It just, I'm always in the car driving. And we were complaining during
1: COVID that nothing was happening. <laughs> nothing was house, happening, but like,
0: like, <laughs> now things are happening. <laughs> Everything's happening. Everything. Everything. But good. But good. Yeah, it's yeah, all good. It's good. the fall, and it's yeah. like... Ellie's finishing at volleyball, but Mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's like driving here and there and, you know. Memories. Memories. It's fun, though. Season. A season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to talk about a neat story about a Martha's Vineyard resident who lends a helping hand to some Venezuelan migrants. This is
1: episode 104 that I'm going to talk about Zachary Levi, who's an actor. He recently wrote a book called Radical Love, Learning to Accept Yourself and Others. He opens up about his struggles with mental health and the importance of taking care of your whole self, not just yeah. your physical self. Um, he's also an ambassador with Active Minds. Oh, cool. That is a nonprofit focused on providing mental health services on high school and college campuses across oh, the country. So, for young that's people,
0: awesome. yes,
1: love that. Um, and then I'm also going to chat a little bit about the first person ever with Down syndrome to participate and finish in. The World championship Ironman. Wow. Just last week. So, so cool. Yeah. Fun episode.
0: You sent me a really neat story about a migrant worker who landed on Martha's Vineyard a few weeks ago where a local resident jumped in to help. This is, admits America's better debate mm-hmm. over immigration. Yeah. Florida Governor Ron DeCentes. Chartered two planes to fly a group of migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. This is part of their ploy to kinda draw attention to the rising number of migrant arrivals and make the democratic led states, you know, share the burden. These are people. I know. And I I know I'm getting a little political there, but um, But these are people. These are people. So yeah. Okay. I said it. It's okay to be political. Now, we're moving on. But Elamar Aguero and his wife swam across the border separating the United States and Mexico, tied together with seven other people. Oh, my gosh. The couple had been traveling for two months from Venezuela through 11 countries by foot, bus, and train. They were fleeing their life in Venezuela because of the economic crisis and political unrest. Creating poverty among nearly the entire country, Elemar and his wife Maria are wanting a better life set sights, you know, in America. They knew their journey would be dangerous. Many of their fellow traveling companions died from drowning or dehydration. Elemar mm-hmm. and Maria were taken by immigration agents to San Antonio, where they were reunited with Elemar's brother Rafael, who began the journey a few weeks earlier. A blonde woman named Perla asked if they needed help and offered a hotel room and made arrangements for them to go elsewhere. A few days later, they boarded a plane unaware of the destination. Only shortly before arriving did they learn they would soon land in Martha's Vineyard. This is where the story gets better. Real estate agent Martha's Vineyard, uh, Katrina Lima, had been a volunteer at a local homeless shelter there for seven years. She got a text asking if she was able to help interpret for a group of migrants who had just arrived at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church. Katrina's parents were immigrants from Bolivia, so she was fluent in Spanish. Mm-hmm. The first night at the church, she spent tr- the night trying just to reassure people, you know, who didn't understand where they were. I mean, how scary. Mm-hmm. She went back the next day at 6.30 in the morning. She wanted to make sure the migrants felt welcome. Katrina spent the next 15 hours helping manage a stream of volunteers, donors, reporters. She created a spreadsheet of what people offered to donate, like blankets, spare rooms, books, diapers, legal help, and therapy. And I love this woman's heart. In the evening, she pulled up a folding chair and started to talk to the migrants And listen to their harrowing stories. She said her heart nearly stopped. Their journeys were incredible. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker arranged for voluntary transportation uh, to the joint base Cape Cod, a military base designated as an emergency shelter. Massachusetts has promised to provide the migrants with food as well as health care and legal help. Katrina cried as the migrants boarded the bus for the base. Elomar made a peace sign with his fingers as he boarded the bus. Thank you all, he said in Spanish. Without these people here, I don't know where we'd be. Mm. I love the people of Martha's Vineyard, how they just jumped in to help, especially it was on short notice. Yeah. And all I have to say is that's what love looks like. They yeah. did the right thing.
1: I grabbed the book Radical Love by Zachary Levi, not because I'm a fangirl. I've barely seen any of his work, but because it dealt with mental health. yeah, And that's an area close to my heart. I know it's, you know, close to yours as well. I knew he was in Shazam, a show that my family loved called Chuck. Okay, I'm not familiar. Um, Yeah, neither one of them I've watched. But after reading his book, that all changed. I now am a total girl. I appreciate him for helping with Operation Smile. We've oh, talked about that yeah. before with the operations for kids born with cleft palates in countries where they don't have the healthcare system that we have. Right. But I admire him for the work he's doing to normalize mental health. One night... I was talking about him in class, shocking, saying how much I liked the book, even though I hadn't seen him in anything. One of the ladies in there commented how much she liked him in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
0: And you watched that? Yes. I've watched one episode of that. I need to watch that one.
1: The outfits alone just make it so worth it. But I didn't even know that this guy was in one of my all-time favorite shows. (laughs) But after that, looked him up on IMDb. And he was also on a Christmas episode of Psych, which that is a show my entire family loves. So I went back and watched part of it. I would not have recognized him because he, like, bleached his hair. and Anyway, so I haven't seen much that he's in, but I love this guy. He spent about three years of his life up in Seattle.
0: Oh, okay. He hated every minute of it.
1: (laughs) The rain? (laughs) Yep, maybe. But still, I thought it was fun with us being in the Pacific Northwest that, that we have that. In common. Yeah. Another fun fact was that he loved, as a kid, getting a Star Wars blaster on oh. Christmas. Instant connection, I yeah, felt, for sure. with Mr. Levi. Although he was just as excited about his He-Man bicycle. Oh. So maybe he just has eclectic interests. So I'll never know if he's a Star Wars fan or not, but the book shared his lonely and traumatic childhood. Definitely no question it's had a lasting impact on his life. In fact, I think one of the points he tries to make is we need to look at things in our past and in others' past to have, you know, shaped them into not only how we are, but how they are as well. Not to live in the past. Right. You know, not carry a grudge, but to use it as a way to heal. And in the case of others, better understand their actions. I think Zachary Levi would say it's by the grace of God that he's still here today to share a story because there were so many times he wanted to not stick around. He was truthful and open that taking care of your mental health is just as important as taking care of your physical health, and we must constantly be working on it as there's never a finish line. Right. We're always a work in progress. He had a book all planned and ready to go after he had his first breakdown and and went to treatment, and... He planned for it to be, the tagline was going to read, From Suicide to Superhero. Oh, wow. But before he sent the book to the publishers, Levi had another breakdown and knew he needed to get himself healthy again before he could help anyone else. Wow. It's just a reminder
0: that there is not an end all fix. I, yeah. A- I, I heard today on the news they're go- they're going to start in pediatrician screening for kids starting at age 8 oh for gosh. anxiety mm-hmm. even if your child doesn't show any symptoms and at 12 for depression. And the hope is that they catch can it get earlier. they catch it earlier yeah, and that could prevent you know maybe addictions or Or even diabetes or whatever, because, you know, whatever your life choices are. So, you know, I'm glad if if somebody would have
1: screened him, yeah. They might have caught something, you know. I just throw that out there. Exactly, It's something we must take care of each other and ourselves each and every day. He'd add that we need to do that with radical love, which I, I love his whole concept with that. Something he's learned since he spent a large chunk of his life not loving himself, not feeling worthy. And definitely not feeling loved. I want to note, too, that this, these breakdowns all occurred at times when he appeared to have it all from the outside. You know, good looks, money, fame. The world would look at him and think he had it made.
0: Right. Oh.
1: He could put on a great show. After all, he's an actor. But he was dying inside, and very few people knew that. He had succeeded as an actor and lived a very comfortable life, and I'm sure most people would have looked at him with envy Yet those close to him knew different. Levi had some demons from his childhood that prevented him from loving himself. None of the fame or fortune mattered because he believed the things his mother had told him his entire life. Mm. And I'm sure it's, you know, far from over, healing from the pain he experienced as a child. But at least now he's more aware of his struggles and has tools to cope with them. I so admire that he shared his story, painful as it must have been, to you know to relive these yeah, things. I... But he, he wanted to do it to help others get through their pain. Levi desires us to normalize mental health so it isn't such a taboo topic. He encourages us to extend grace to others and always give people the benefit of the doubt, oh. which that was my takeaway from this book for sure. He said, I'm convinced that all of the issues that we suffer from in this world are rooted in the broken heads and hearts of individuals. If we could go trace all of that down and heal it, we'd be taking care of the planet. We'd be taking care of each other and ourselves. We'd be doing that because we'd not be acting out of our unhealed traumas or allowing ourselves to be led around by our broken egos in a constant state of fearing and fighting, which is ultimately where all our issues lie. I know that people say that people who are the hardest to love are the ones that need it the most. And often I think that's the pain that they're feeling. And this book only solidified that with his examples. Part of his progress has been acknowledging wounds from his past, opening up and facing the trauma he's bottled up since childhood. For Levi, his mental health is clearly a combination of nature and nurture He was pretty much abandoned by his father and raised Mm. by an abusive mother who was extremely manipulative and a world-class narcissist. Between his faith in God, hours of therapy, and help from every type of specialist, Levi found the tools he needed, and he's using his celebrity platform to normalize discussing mental health. When people talk about a cold, cancer, diabetes, there isn't the shame associated with those things. But it's not the same with mental illness. People just... Yeah. Hopefully we're making progress Hopefully, With more people like Zachary Levi out there talking about it, we need to be able to talk about our mental health in the same way we talk about our physical health without the fear of being judged. Levi's doing his part, as I said, sharing his struggles in the hopes that someday we won't have the societal stigmas related to mental illness, making us all healthier in the process, which is... That quote that I, that I read, if we deal with, you know, all of our problems and take yeah. care of each other and heal, we take care of the world. He doesn't hold back with the emotions he feels towards his mother, his father, his stepfather. And I appreciate that he's come to a place where he understands his family's dynamics. He can accept the good and the bad and use it to help him heal. We all could learn from that whole process. Holding on to hatred doesn't make things better for anyone, particularly the hater. Just eats them up. So, Zachary was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana on September 29, 1980. His mother was Susan Marie Hochter. She was the oldest of five kids. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Her father was a psychiatrist, which I find so interesting. Wow. She was raised Catholic. But she left Catholicism for the Jesus Hippie Movement, which I really didn't know much about. Um, His father, Daryl, would describe himself as a simple Indiana boy who got caught up in the cyclone of Susie. That's his mom. He spent eight years in the Air Force, after which he settled in the San Fernando Valley. With a full-on Grizzly Adams beard, he was a new singer in the worship band at the Church of Living Word, where the two met. He told Susie... Pretty much when he met her, that God had told him she was the woman he was going to marry. Wow. Can you imagine? Like, run! run. (laughs) That's what I'd say now, but they saw it as a sign. Yeah. They ended up getting married. They had three kids, Zachary, and he has two sisters. And his mom was way ahead of her time. She served the kids organic food. Wow, yeah. Complete with the whole barley and
0: wheatgrass thing. Back in, you know, this is... I I had a friend that her mom... Was the same right. way, and so we she begged we trade lunches because my mom was <laughs> yeah. like junk food yeah. a little bit. So I was like, oh, trade the lunches, but it's yeah, so it was funny. some people you want what you don't have. I know some people. It was really, I mean, she was really into it. So that's funny. That's cool, though. Yeah, his mom also loved
1: to help others, mostly the less fortunate. Levi pointed out how ironic it was because she was so cruel to the people around her, yet she was always so loving and kind to the people outside of her family.
0: yeah.
1: So, just, it's so intriguing. Um, He lived his life as he described it, always having a glass of water resting on a table. If it spilled, he'd have one of two outcomes. His mom might be very understanding and not make a big deal out of it, you know, just clean it up. Or she might completely come unhinged from that single glass of water, swearing, making degrading comments to make sure that he knew her disgust, which was pretty evident with her rage. She would embarrass him in public, too, not only as a child, but as an adult. As a child, he was the lead in the production of Huck Finn. And I guess the parents in this particular production were having some sort of dispute with the company that was producing it. And while most of the parents responded in a rational way, <sighs> yeah. sending letters, Aww. making phone calls, his mom picked him up one night in a van, and she was shouting out the door, F-bomb. And, you know, she wasn't going to bring back the lead of their play. And Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. yeah. So, talk oh. about mortifying for more yeah. Zachary Levi. He said, she, you know, she wasn't going to bring him back. And that was in front of everyone. As an adult, she wouldn't listen to his instructions to stay in the audience during filming when he finally got some shows. And uh, instead, she'd make her way behind the scenes. She'd overshare with his coworkers and just completely disrespected him to the point that she had to be banned from the set. And then she would threaten that she was going to go on Dr. Phil and Oprah and talked about. Her, you know, horrible, terrible, unthankful son.
0: Oh, my
1: God. I know. Yeah. Her bipolar behavior took a toll on the marriage, obviously, and they eventually divorced. First, Levi would see his dad on the occasional weekends, a few weeks every summer, but that would peter out. He moved up to Placerville, California, near Lake Tahoe for a job, and the family stayed back in Ventura. For Levi to have his father leave with an unstable mother was painful, to say the least. Yeah. It was harder to forgive that than the cruelty of his mother. And in the book, he was like his he was most angry with his father. I think because he knew how his mom was. Yeah. Yeah. So his mom, Susie, would eventually remarry. Not technically. It was more of a spiritual ceremony type of thing and pretty much common law marriage. Levi was nine when his mom got married, and she married Gary, and it wasn't long after that Gary got a job offer in Olympia, okay. and his family moved to the Pacific Northwest. I think their father decided that, you know, since they were moving up there, he could move wherever he wanted. They already didn't spend much time with him, but after he moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, they'd only see him like once a year. Oh,
0: that's
1: sad. Very sad, especially for a boy. Yeah. He needs his dad. I mean, both kids need their dad, but... I don't blame Levi for being hurt that his father would leave the kids to fend for themselves with their mother. I definitely don't blame him for being crushed by his mother. At one point, she said she wished he wasn't even born. Oh, my gosh. So this was after Levi had paid for her to go to a fancy recovery facility. He paid her rent. I mean, he, he financially took care of his mother. And when she said that, he was like... You know, I want you to repeat that in front of people because people wouldn't believe him or yeah. believe what he was saying because she was so manipulative. She would kind of act differently. Yeah, or- Absolutely. So he's like, repeat that so that people in the room would hear. And she repeated it that she wished he was not alive. Her son. Oh, my gosh. So sometimes I think the physical pain, you know, that that Words might hurt. have been, yeah, they
0: say words. They that that silly things. Yeah. and stones yeah. up, but
1: words but words hurt. Absolutely, and you can't take them back. No, I think the physical pain he would have preferred. Yeah, mental pain that that mental abuse is forever. Yeah, it's it, hard. It, it's hard yeah. to undo. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's impossible to undo. You just have to cope with you know. Lots of therapy, exactly, (laughs) and that he does go into that too. I didn't, I don't talk much about that, but he does. He has had a lot of therapy, but it's with you forever. Growing up's hard enough, right? Even for those of us, you know, who had nurturing moms. So they spent about three years in Washington, and he hated every (laughs) minute of it. He was spazzy, you know, this dorky theater kid who liked to rollerblade because he had been from California and gone up to him. So. Plus, his last name was Pooh. P-U-G-H. Oh. He'd have loogies on his backpack. Oh. Like, yeah. They would. would yeah. mean. And, and he said they were huge ones. He was just bullied. Kids would back jazz him all oh. the time. Do you know what that I is? I didn't even know what that is. I didn't either. But he said it's when you make a fist with one knuckle sticking out, and then you punch as hard as you can into the, someone's spine. Oh, my gosh.
0: That's So awesome. that
1: happened all the time for him. And it did not help that he liked to imitate Urkel from Family Matters. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, And then on top of that, he wrote a Welcome to McDonald's parody jingle. And he asked his teacher if he could perform this in front of the class, not because they were having, like, a contest or anything. Just
0: because he he wanted to. Yes. (laughs) He loved to perform. That's That's actually so brave. I mean, really.
1: Yeah. I think he thought that maybe he'd make friends with it, and they'd laugh, and they'd, you know, think he was funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, he just wanted to do it, and he he didn't get a single laugh. Only crickets. He was good, at, though, at putting on a happy, funny facade. He auditioned and was cast in Frankenstein with the school theater group. And even when he didn't have a reason to stay at school for classes or practice, he preferred staying at school Versus going home Aww. with his mom. He had enough credits that he could just attend half days, wow. you know, by the end yeah. of the school. But he would prefer helping teachers over going, going home. home. So, it was so easy to just write off his family. I I think it'd be easy to write off his family. I don't think anyone would blame him. His mom was pulled over for drunk driving. Not once, but this was another incident one night. And she knew that she couldn't have another mark on her record. Oh. So when she's pulled over, she lies to the police officer and tells him that she doesn't have her identification. Oh. So then she goes on to use her sister's name. And the officer cites the sister. She has the address and all of that. Oh, my gosh. So her, in, or her innocent, law-abiding sister oh. now has this... Yeah. Do you, yeah so it gets better to prevent her sister from finding out what she did she goes to her house goes through their mailbox you know days and days oh and days gosh. does this because she's waiting she doesn't know when she's it's waiting come. for the, yeah. the citation i think at one point she didn't have a, she had stuff forwarded to her either way mail tampering is a federal offense so that was added to her charges when they eventually um figured it all out I wish I could say that that was rock bottom for his mom, but it's just a taste of the type of stuff she would pull, and, you know, the family would have to come through and clean up. Wow. Too many family members continued to enable her. One night, his stepfather, Gary, sat him down and said his mom would try and take away his power. At that point, it was clear to Levi that she had taken away Gary's power, and and he had kind of just accepted it and wow. wasn't going to fight it, yeah. which I think is really sad. I think one of the reasons I admire Levi so much is that he really examined his mom, his father, and stepfather. He had to process their stories and their lives to either deal with his or to forgive them. And I'd say both. The easiest one was Gary, his stepfather. He was an architect and a musician. Pale, lanky, tall, red hair, plus a lot of social awkwardness. (gasps) I guess he had... um, he he thought he was smarter than others, so he kind of had this snooty intelligence syndrome type of thing. But Gary had an abusive father. Apparently, Gary was a child prodigy and played the violin for the San Diego Symphony when he wow. was just five years old. That's amazing. I know. So, he obviously was raised with a controlling dad that yeah. really wanted him to do this, and he just switched it to his wife once he married Susie. So... He was raised with a controlling father and then married a controlling woman. Right. So wow. the cycle's just continuing. Levi's father, Daryl, didn't exactly have an idyllic childhood himself. His father was a World War II veteran. Um, he was a hero. He had a purple heart and all. Wow. He came back from the war with shrapnel in his leg and was a total man's man. He was so revered in this town that they renamed the Firehouse Post Office, like yeah. it was combined, after him. The Alton, Pu- Alton Poo... Town center. The city also gave him the Sagamore of the Wabash, which never heard of that, but oh, I, I guess yeah. it's the highest honor in the state of Indiana. And it's usually given to just astronauts, politicians, and famous actors. But his That's pretty, yeah, huge. When his son Daryl Alton Pooh was born, he didn't want to play baseball with his dad. Instead, he was more of a sensitive, nerdy, artistic guy. He did go to Vietnam. But he wasn't a war hero like his father. He played in a rock band doing oh, gigs. Wow. I know. He had, he had, uh, you yeah. So he was doing rock band gigs in officers clubs. Okay, wow. He wasn't anywhere near the jungle. And then there's his mom, Alice, who was oh. very religious woman. Um, Loved teaching all the kids church hymns. She had grown up during the Depression with an alcoholic father, and she wanted to... All she wanted to do was move to the big city, get a job, and have an adventure. But back in those days... Yeah. Couldn't do it. No. Women didn't have that. Absolutely not. No. Girls didn't get to do it, so she got married. So that's his father. Obviously, you know, a lifetime of just mess.
0: Yeah. And a a lot
1: lot to process. Right. A lot of pain. Exactly. And then the toughest of the bunch was Levi's mom, Susan. Her father, as I said, was a psychiatrist, and he was gay.
0: okay. Not openly,
1: but he was gay in a time when it wasn't accepted to be gay. He had five kids with Patricia before she, then she had accused him, you know, being too friendly. And um, he kind of had some of these Burt and Ernie relationships where they were really close and he kept denying it. And then one time she caught him, you know, with one of his friends. But Pat... The grandma was abusive, particularly verbally. So it's pretty evident where Levi's mom inherited that. She got it directly from her mom. One time they were driving cross country and Susie was being sassy to her mom and she wouldn't tolerate it. She pulled over and she left her at a truck stop.
0: Oh my gosh. She was gosh. 12 years old.
1: 12 years old and left at a truck stop for an hour. That is insane. and a half. It's crazy. I know. That's not normal behavior. No. So it's just so ironic that a bulletin at Patricia's memorial, so at the grandma's memorial, it said, Patricia Troxwell loved everyone. Oh, Yes, she was a successful travel agent and a pillar in the community, but when it came to her own family, it was a drastically different story.
0: I it's mean, just, they say you're hard on the people close to you, but yeah, that's
1: this a totally <laughs> different. <laughs> Excessive, yeah. yeah. It's just fascinating to read all the family history. When it's another family, it's so easy to analyze from the outside and and see how they ended up how they were. But all of it created a very broken man who would cry out to God, asking for direction. When he moved to Texas, he thought that's what God was telling him him to do. So he gets there, and he feels totally abandoned by God. He spent a good portion of his life filling that void with video games, rollerblading, entertainment. In people, you know, he'd have parties, making people laugh, sometimes getting together, you know, with ladies that thought he was attractive. He was addicted to things for happiness because he didn't feel like he was enough. He talks about his ego in the book, which I found so interesting because you would totally have, I I feel like you'd have to drop your ego in order to write this book. I admire his view of forgiveness, saying it's... Unhealed hearts and minds damaging our hearts and minds. This is why it's so important to radically love yourself and others at mm-hmm. every turn. He commented on Goodwill Hunting, which oh, I yeah.
0: still have not seen. Oh, that's so good. I haven't, I haven't seen that in forever, but that's yeah. an awesome I need, movie. I need to
1: watch it because he talks about the scene with Mac Damon yeah. and Robin Williams, and he kept telling him, it's not your fault. It's not right. your fault. And that obviously has stuck with him because he felt the same way. He's painfully truthful about his breakdowns, his sobbing. He does swear quite a bit and entertaining the idea of not sticking around. I think that's why I'm a new Zachary Levi fangirl, not because he played a superhero, but because he made himself so vulnerable in order to help others who might be feeling the same way. On a much lighter note, he got me interested in the Enneagram thing. I've heard of that. I've never done that. I was going to ask if you Yeah. Know. So I took the test and was secretly hoping that I'd have the same Enneagram, as silly as that sounds, but it didn't happen. I'm a reformer, okay. impatient and inflexible at times, which totally fits. And Levi is the enthusiast. Their primary role is to bring joy to the world. He said, I believe God has created all of us to be conduits of love, conduits of light, conduits of life. If we can get through our own traumas and our own pains and injuries and find healing in that, it allows us to become stronger, more efficacious conduits. He's definitely using his painful past to help others work through their traumas so they can have more joy, which I so admire. Yeah. One more piece of trivia, apparently he auditioned for the part of Star-Lord oh. in Guardian of the Galaxies and even got a callback. And while he admires Chris Pratt and thinks he did an excellent job in the movie, he commented on how hard it was to see him everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, a smiling face. and yeah. And when the movie came out, he was you couldn't not see him. And it was just a rem- another reminder for him of what a loser he felt like Aww. and like he wasn't enough. Right. So, as I noted, he clearly has a Christian faith, but like I said, I, this book probably should be rated because of some of his swearing, quite a bit of it, and his <laughs> oh, truth-telling, yeah. and he's honest, which I admire. It's not sugar-coated, doesn't have a happily ever after ending, it's raw and truthful, and reminds us that we're always a work in progress, maintaining our mental health. It's also a reminder of how many hurting people there are in the world and all of, not all of them are brave enough to share it. That's so true. I'd say that most of them are too ashamed to share it. A reason we need to erase the stigma and shame yeah, totally. So I appreciate that he reminds us to look at the bigger picture. When we have people do awful things in the world, maybe try to understand why, get to the root of the problem, not excusing their actions by any means or condoning it, but understanding you know, why they were there and try to heal the person to prevent it from happening yeah. again. So I really admire that concept. I, it's
0: uh, hard. Yeah, it's giving great. Exactly. Really. Exactly. It's giving which grace. is so hard because I'm hard such a moment. rule
1: follower and justice. I'm very much like Levi though, in that I believe there's meaning and stuff that others just see as coincidence. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll be like, there's a sign. And everyone else will be like, it just happens to be there. But One theme that I keep coming across in stuff I'm reading is the importance of giving people the benefit of the doubt, extending grace instead of being critical. And since I do believe in divine intervention and signs around us, I'd say that's something I need to keep working on. This book's just one more example of that. Now, when I watch him on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I'll have a newfound respect and admiration for this guy sharing his story in the hopes that it might... Save others from the pain. It's oh, awesome. Great guy.
0: You know, we were talking about suicide and how people that have made attempts um, mm-hmm. have gotten several t- of them in this book. Yeah. I've got, got it, tattoos with a semicolon, like, you know, there's 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 more to your life. There's yep. a second path. It's not the path. end of the story. The the story. story.
1: Yeah. 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 And I love that. Yeah. I think it's well, and I also like that they're putting that out there because more of them. You know, a lot of people f- are have those feelings, and they're just not open about it. So right. I really admire them for for doing that. I actually was reading that some of the rates with suicide attempts have dropped because of the new oh, system, the new number. That's I, awesome. What's, what's the nine eight eight nine eight eight? 988? 988, where they, it takes them to the hotline. Right. So
0: that's great.
1: Um, yeah. If we can all acknowledge these traumas and seek to heal and free ourselves from them, then perhaps we can start to truly listen to each other, learn from each other, and radically love each other. That is my prayer. Zachary Levi. So back in episode 89, we chatted with the owner of Terra Packham. Oh, yeah. Winery you found in Eugene that strives to encourage inclusion for those with disabilities The business is a family affair. Yeah. Super cute. I love that it includes her adult son with Down syndrome. And
0: I've tried to go back and say hi when I've been in Eugene, but she's not been there. So young man, but I don't know who it is. It's not, I don't.
1: But anyhow. Um, and you'll be spending a lot of time the next four years in Eugene. Yeah. You have plenty
0: of time. <laughs> no, I'm sure one time. Yeah. Run into her again. Um,
1: and I just love chatting with her as she is blazing a trail for yeah. others with disabilities. For sure. Then in episode ninety one, I talked about David Egan, an advocate and public speaker. Egan promotes respect, dignity, and inclusion for people with disabilities, and he also has Down syndrome, but he hasn't let it slow him down one bit. Truly, he's an amazing bright young man and an athlete who is very proud of all of his hard earned medals from special olympics which we talked about in episode 40 yeah um with Eunice Kennedy Shriver starting the special olympics so fast forward there's another athlete making headlines in Kona this week so October 2022 I know I talked about Chris Nickick you know too far back for me to remember. Okay. He started the 1% better foundation. Oh. It's a platform that reminds others with down syndrome that truly anything is possible. Nikik was born with several birth defects so perseverance runs deep in him. He has he had issues with his heart function, trouble with hearing, problems with balance. He's had several surgeries, including an open heart surgery at just five months old. Oh. You imagine? Yeah. Wow. He had to have baby food until he was six, as they were nervous that he'd choke. So October 6, 2022, he is out there with his volunteer guide, Dan Grebe. They swam 2.4 miles. Biked 112 miles and ran 26.2 miles as they celebrated his 23rd birthday. He oh, became wow. That's the so cool, very cool. So, in finishing the Kona Ironman, so it's the world championship Ironman in Kona, it is the triathlon that everybody tries to qualify for. Yeah. That's what they work towards. So, for him to be able to do that. He, he did an Ironman before, and they invited him. But for him to be able to do that is just, just huge. He's the first person with Down syndrome, like I said, to finish an Ironman triathlon. And it's easy to see why they've awarded him the Jimmy V Award per, for Perseverance as part of the 2021 ESPY Awards. This guy has heart, proving he can do amazing things and reminding others that they can too. According to Mike Riley, he's the celebrity announcer Okay, that everyone recognizes his voice as they call them in for the, you know, he announces the competitors. He said, this is something that changes perceptions for every parent worldwide with children with Down syndrome. Now they all know one thing for sure. Anything is possible. And I love that comes from Mike Riley. Even better that they crossed the finish line as Led Zeppelin's whole lot of love. (laughs)
0: Was blasting
1: through the speakers. Family, friends, and fans were there to celebrate with Nick, including his girlfriend, Adrienne Bunn. She's also a Special Olympics triathlete. She was sporting an orange 1% better shirt, which both Chris and his volunteer guide. They both wore during the race. And to top it all off, he gave his girlfriend a promise ring.
0: Oh, cute. At the end.
1: So just hearts all over. Very good. Just so impressed with this guy. Can't wait to watch what he does next. The only healthy comparison you can make is with your own self. To be a little stronger, wiser, and healthier than you were the day before. Zachary Levi.
0: Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites
1: and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week. Why am I...